G'day and welcome to another edition of the Two Dogs Podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier. I know you're going to enjoy this one. It is a beauty. A couple of uh, great stars of uh, the past of the Bulldogs history, as we do uh, each and every episode uh, with thanks to the past players and officials association. And, of course, you can check out their Facebook page for all the details of what's going on with the past players as we head towards, hopefully, uh, the 2020 season. And uh, also, of course, uh, all the details of uh, what you need to know as a Bulldog supporter on the on the club website. But uh, today, a real treat. 460 games between these two blokes, 356 goals, a couple of the real characters of the football club uh, in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about Stephen Wallace, former club captain, and Brian Royal, a former Charles Sutton medalist, uh, also played for Victoria. And uh, The accolades these two achieved uh, in their days at the Bulldogs, uh, certainly we'll talk about those and about uh, the good and the bad times they had uh, from when they made their debut together, actually, in round one of 1983 against Geelong at Waverley. We'll talk about that game as well. That's all coming up. Hope you enjoy it. It's the Two Dogs podcast with Choco and Wally. Um, thank you both for joining me. It, it's it's weird because, you know, I've got one on the farm and one at uh, one at home and me in my studio. So uh, welcome, boys. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Kev. Now, I want, to, I want to go back to the early – it's the early 80s for both of you when uh, when your footy uh, career sort of started at the uh, at the Doggies. So, Choco, you're older. You can go first. Tell us about uh, – because you, you came down from uh, beautiful downtown Bairnsdale. Yeah, well, I um I was recruited at the end of the season, end of season 1982. Um, so my first season was in 1983. Wally obviously was – Wally, you were there a year or two prior to me. I came in 81, under 19 yeah. side plates. We had a bit of a um, bit of a connection only because of the country. We didn't know each other at that stage, but um, yeah. So that that was my that's my history of the Bulldogs. So I was um, I was obviously zoned um, back then as as Wally was as well. So um, yeah, that's how I ended up with the Bulldogs. Now they tried to get you down earlier, but you wanted to stay in Bairnsdale for what for a couple of reasons. One, I, one I know you wanted to you wanted to play in that nineteen eighty premiership team as it worked out. The Bulldogs have been chasing me for quite a few years. Back then, as you know, Kevin, I wasn't the biggest guy going around. I was only a tiny little fella. Yep. So I sort of probably needed a bit of time to mature. But what happened in, in my – when I was 18 and playing for Benz, I was playing senior football and I um, I tore my ACL. And back then, having an ACL injury was a massive thing. Yep. And um, so as an 18-year-old, I had to get a full knee reconstruction. So that effectively put me back two years. So I didn't end up coming to the doggies until I was actually 20. As much as it was a little bit of size, early days. In the end, it was the injury that, that held me back. It was funny. You you had you came down in eighty two, while played under nineteens, and then you you broke your leg. You got a, a really severe injury then, which stopped you in your tracks. Yeah, it was. I was part of um, uh, the Roy Hart era when he recruited several players to the under nineteens to bring them through. It was probably modelled on the Richmond. Uh, model where they got kids in there fairly early and um, it was when Steve McPherson and we had John Taylor we had a fair few players playing uh, under Graham Calvary in the under 19s and I was only 16 year old and I was fortunate enough to put off through school Um, I went to Trinity Grammar which was pretty handy um, and come down to live in Choco but the first and I did play in the uh, reserves in 1982 and broke my leg after seven games so I was 
out for most of that year. And uh, it was the, the start of the 83 season or the pre-season for the 83 season that Choco and I got together. And you you made your debut on that that round one of 1983. Oh, that day, um, you, both of you two made uh, your, your senior debut. So did Polly Purser, so did Jimmy Sewell, so did Johnny Taylor, and so did Raccoon Williams. Is that right? That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I knew Wally and I did, but it's, oh, we had a, we certainly had a lot of Western Australian playing for the club at that time. But that's um, that's a great stat, Kev. <laughs> uh, was that was Shane there then? Um, can you remember? Uh, I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, Shane, Shane, Shane O'Sullivan was there. Yes, <laughs> so he was the one that sort of went out and got or recruited um, a lot of those guys. I remember, but we did, we played at Waverley the first game, and I um, yep. I do remember it. Like uh, there was a lot of fresh faces there, and it was. It was a pretty exciting time. Bluey Hampshire was actually coach at that time, so uh, so we're building the club. Do you remember? Do you remember your uh, remember whether you played well that day, the two of you? I I reckon I reckon I I might have kicked a goal. I've got a I've got a sneaky suspicion. Yeah, you, you would have had a, you would have had a shot, Choco. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I certainly wouldn't have handballed it anyway. But, that way, well. um, but I, I don't know. I mean, that's sort of a bit of a blur nowadays. I'd have to go back and have a look at. I, I actually started on the. I actually started on the bench and um, come on at. Oh, I think it was around half time and played on Paul Armstrong. We're playing Geelong. I, I had about fifteen possessions in the second half, which probably was a good thing for me because uh, I was probably right on the fringe. But that sort of pushed me into the team a little bit more. And like uh, you played all the games that year, I think Choco didn't you? And so did yeah, I. I did. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let me just refresh your memory with the stats because I've gone and had a look. Uh, or 15, well, uh, well, no, actually, uh, Wally, you were the top possession getter on the ground for the day with, oh. with of all people, Jimmy Edmund. Uh, you both had 25 possessions. You had 15 kicks and 10 handballs. Uh, Brian, you were dead right. You you remember it as if it was yesterday. You had eighteen. Ki- you had eighteen kicks and three handballs. Kevin Bartlett like <laughs> statistics. <laughs> and, and you kicked one. You kicked one goal three. Oh, there, you well, go. there you go. I've always understood it. Choco's always overstated. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful. And uh, and, well done, and scores were even at three quarter time, and then uh, Geelong kicked seven or eight in the last quarter to uh, to win it by thirty odd points. That sounds right. Was that today? Did Stephen Lund play that day? As yes, well? he was did. That the day, was it? Yep. But while he while he was that the day, Lunny got on all fours. Yeah, I think was, big Blakey. Yeah, that's right. Big Ruckman. He took a mark, and obviously Lunny might have played for Geelong the year before. He took a mark, you know, say forty metres out in front of goal, and he was he was walking backwards to line up for the goal. And Lunny knelt behind him, pretending, <laughs> pretending, pretending he was doing his shoelace up. And Big Blakey sort of pulls ass over tip. <laughs> I'm the, I'm, a, I'm a kid, and I'm sure you would have been the same. Well, we're playing our first game of AFL footy or VFL footy, and you've got this larrikin, as we know, Lunny. Yeah. Um, on all fours, tripping this big bloke up. It's one of the funny things I'll ever see. It was, it was funny. It uh, was yeah. funny. The coach didn't think it was that funny, though, Chucko, did he? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, no. I think he certainly got a 50-metre penalty. Um, those those early days, uh, the first couple of years, they were pretty tough. It was, it was, I mean, it was starting to build a great side, but it wasn't a great side, 83 and 84, was it really? 84, we at the foundation and Malthouse, uh, or Mick Malthouse, Naturally, with his, uh, he's been pretty fresh off playing and he played in the 80 Premiership, I think, uh, with Richmond. And it did change shape a little bit that year. We could feel it, Choco, there's no doubt. We had, uh, getting the Western Australians in, they sort of needed 12 months to bed themselves in a little bit. But we could feel some things happening in 84 where we did get some size and some talent 
into the team. You know, we, you know, Michael McLean was there. There was some, you know, some good pace on the outside, but we had some good marking and, you know, stronger players. Like Percy was a very good player and yeah. Jimmy Sewell and we had a lot. But Chuck, you'd have to say that we were building a bit in 84, weren't we? Oh, there's no doubt. And the, the, the one, the one of the, the, the things that I remember really fondly is we, as a, as a team, we had this really unique bond. Um, and maybe it was because we had a lot of country boys, you know, Ricky Kennedy, Brian Cordy, and then we had, and obviously Wally and, and myself, then we had a lot of interstaters. So we had the McPherson boys from Tasmania. We had all the Western Australians. You know, by that stage, I think, Wally, we probably would have had eight or ten Western Australians. So we sort of, we were our own family within a family. And there's no doubt that bond that we created in that time, you know, certainly, you know, went, went a long way to, to helping us get to where we did, particularly in 85. Well, the, the thing was we had Mick who had come from Richmond, which had a, uh, you know, a good footy culture, but you had Shane who was very good at getting us together and making sure that uh, we spent time together. So the combination of the two guys uh, pretty, worked pretty well for us, I reckon, Chuck. I guess that, that's what sort of brought us together, wasn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. You know, Shane, Shane was unique. As you know, Kevin, you know, often, often we're regularly having functions and taking us out to dinner and, and you know, Mick, as you know, Wally, Mick would always be having us over his house for yep. mainly breakfast before Waverley game. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good good bond. And, and, you know, it reminds me a little bit, I guess, about what the Richmond players talk about now, the closeness that they've got with each other. Mick and Shane were a great combination in terms of one board, an enormous um, uh, sort of gelling of people on the field and the other board, an enormous gelling of people off the field. That, that obviously worked well. Um you, your roles within the team when, when Mick came, I mean, I know yours changed, Wally, but yours was pretty much the same, wasn't it, Brian? Yeah, it didn't. Um, mine didn't change at all, basically. The only thing I could probably chirp in there for Chocker, in retrospect, I, I wish he had played a lot more in the midfield. He was such a good forward that he was a bit like the Brad Johnson player. Yeah, like I, I think he was a born sort of midfielder. But with the amount of players that we had coming through, you didn't spend as much time in the midfield over you know, that first five or six years, Choco, that I probably would have loved you to. But you also were a goal kicker, which we always wanted, you know, goal kickers. You know, like you, you, when you played in state games, you played more on the ball than you probably did at the Bulldogs there for a while. Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly early days. But I, I mean, um, I, I guess you've got to take your turn a little bit in, in a way as well. You know, I... You know, in the first year, I had Teddy Whitten Jr. and um, Jeff Jennings, and we had some great, great small men. Um, I, I just felt fortunate enough in the early days of well, just actually getting the game. I think you were going to get a game, Chocker. You won the best <laughs> of Ferris in 83. Yeah, you did, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, 83 is worth mentioning just from that point of view. I didn't want to let that go without mentioning that you won the, the, the medal in 83. You, you made the state team in 83, and I think you were voted in the papers as the recruit of the year in 83. Kev, he was a very, very good player. Made um, right through. Um, listen, I think also, uh, Chuck had the ability to train pretty hard too, uh, but winning the ball as often as he did as uh, a small forward was unique, you know, back in that day. You know, um, there was only you know a few players that could do that. Like he'd, he'd have an average of over 20 possessions every game as a forward pocket, but well, he often would kick four goals six or three goals six or... But he kicked a lot of goals. Uh, what did you end up with? A couple hundred goals, three hundred goals, was it? Goals? Yeah, well, two two ninety nine. So I probably averaged, so, yeah. averaged a goal and a half a game, 
which is which is unbelievable. 199 games, 299 goals. So the easiest statistics in the world to remember. Um, uh, I want to take you through 80, 80, 84. Obviously, you mentioned your building. Then 85 came along and. Hardy arrived. I think uh, Shorty Daniels was in that crew. Was I think I think Budgie came in eighty five, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he was. So there was a, there was a little a stock up, a, a little refilling of uh, some of the key positions in the in the team. And eighty five was a hell of a year, wasn't it? It was. We became more fluid as a, a footy club and had uh, being able to go out and get um, seasoned players. Like Brad Hardy came over as a you know a, a great player. Um, Alan Daniels had played a lot of footy over in Perth and naturally Budgie had as well with, with Essendon because we had you know some the younger guys which was really Chuck on me and Nick McLean and Steve McPherson and you know there was a lot of younger guys but we did need that older element as well. Nick was probably got us fitter over those couple of years our pre-seasons all the pre-season of 84 was a lot uh, more difficult, wasn't it, Choco? We oh, and, and and no doubt. I mean, as much as you talked about the players that we got and that sort of stuff, Nick Nick Moldhouse as a coach, he was. Um, I mean, you feared him, but you really respected him. He drove you um, as hard as anyone could drive you. Certainly, from a training standards point of view, Wally, you and I certainly we would always train our backsides off. Yep. But I got no doubt some guys early days cut corners, and Nick just didn't didn't allow players to get away with that sort of stuff. So the disciplines that he brought to the football club made an unbelievable difference to the, to the way we played. He was a defensive player, and he brought a, a bit of defence to our team. I think um, we we uh, I think we finished on top of the ladder pretty comfortably. I think in '85, and but it was a combination of the two. We had very very strong backs and uh, and quite defensive for that period of time. We those days we were never allowed to uh, put the ball through the middle of the ground or. You couldn't change direction at all, Chuck, could you? He, he had a disciplined way of sort of working the ball down the ground and carrying the ball. And, and, and we had Simon Beasley, by the way. That didn't, that helped a bit too. Yeah. I think he kicked, he kicked 100 that year, I think. Yeah, he did. So when he got a full forward kicking 100 and you got Rick Kennedy at the other end. And was, was Mark Kellett there then? I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. It was a pretty strong team on it if you had the list out. That uh, that final series of '85 was uh, was that the the biggest roller coaster of your playing career for both of you? Because I mean, one week it was sensational, and the next week it was bloody awful, and then and then the, come the preliminary final, it was it was heartbreaking. We were more consistent during the year than we were in the final series. There's no doubt about that. Like we got belted by Hawthorne, then we played quite well against North Melbourne, and then you know we got pipped again by Hawthorne. But we, we were actually all pretty pretty tired by the end of that season, weren't we? And I think, Kev, from memory, correct me if I'm wrong, Wally, I reckon Essendon, who won the flag that year, I reckon we beat him. I reckon we beat him twice in the home and away series. Yep, three times. I reckon we got him in the pre-season as well. Looking back on it, it's probably one of the most disappointing parts about it because I've got no doubt we would have beaten him in the final, in the grand final if we'd have got there. But unfortunately, we just we just couldn't get, a, get over Hawthorne in that last game. So the, the question that everyone asked, I mean, you had a great year that year. Well, I remember you, I think you were a runner-up in the BNF that year to, to, to Doug, who literally uh, won it in the, with his performance in the final series. Um, uh, then uh, it sort of was as if the, that had been a mountain that had been uh, climbed and then everyone sort of went, well, what do we do now? Was, that, was there a bit of that or what, what, why was the fall-off after 85, do you think? Well, we, we probably well, – that's when Brad, Brad left in 86, did he, or – um, uh, yeah, it, you know, yeah, near '86. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Mick um, had driven us pretty hard um, for that '84, '85 uh, periods of time, and then '86. I think the, the 
attention was sort of growing towards 86 and we did change our, our game plan a little bit. Uh, there's no doubt. I started tagging Choco, wasn't it? 86, I'm pretty sure yep, it was. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, where I was a free-running midfielder um, and then started tagging where I, I think Mick and the match committee and probably the team tightened up a little bit. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Like there was a little bit more analysis of what we were doing rather than just playing uh, with natural flair, and I was an example of that. Now, you do that across your know, half a dozen players or 10 players, uh, and it can change your performance. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what your view is on that, Chucko, but I think we probably, if anything, got a little bit more conservative and a little bit more defensive than we were in 85. You've got a good memory, Wally. I can't remember back that far, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you get when you get to sixty-five, you you start to lose your oh, memory. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> all, more, I think it's all my head knocked over the years, Wally. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I really do think we we probably tightened up at the club, Kevin. It was um, we were very disappointed after the eighty-five season, and we needed to rectify some things because of that inconsistency through the finals. Um, now I think not. I don't think Mick was doing the wrong thing. He was probably trying to get us to be more resilient, like Hawthorne had been for those periods of time. They had champion players, but they were quite resilient. And I just think we had a few vulnerabilities. I know Brad and Mick had a bit of a run in in '86 as well. That probably uh, didn't help team morale, and those sort of things do take a toll. And I guess the closeness of the group probably changed, the dynamic changed too, because the blokes that got married and started having babies and families, and that, that definitely changes the dynamic of being as close as you were in 85. Yeah, it does. And I think, I think it's um, – and, and, and players start to lead. I, mean, I think Shane – when did Shane left in 87 maybe? No, Shane might have left in 87 around, around that period as well. So I think the dynamics of the group were changing as well from that point of view, um, as well as, yeah, you were right – you know, I, I got married in '85. When you were, what were you? A couple of years after '87. '87. So, um, and we started to have families, and but not not that it, it stopped us from being friends or seeing each other as regularly as we did, because we we still we still did have regular catch ups. But um, yeah, it might have changed a little bit because of those things. Yeah. The next uh, the next obvious uh, thing to talk about is is '89 and and what happened in '89. While you were captain in '89, it was. Was a tough year for the club on the field, and as it turned out, a pretty bloody tough one off the field. We were struggling um, as a club financially. Um, we did have some uh, rumblings, I'd say, probably within the club, not the playing group, but it does spill out onto the field as well. And I think well, Mick left at the end of '89. We had a poor year. I think we only won six, six and a half games, or I think it was six, six and a half um, games. If I look at the list. I've looked at that team photo at times and there was some real talent in that team still, but it just shows you the impact. If, if you don't have um, everyone swimming in the same direction as a, an organisation, it's very difficult to perform on the on the field. Yep. And I've got no doubt that was the case. You know, we, Shane had left and um, I know at uh, Choco, it would have been 87, 88, about that period of time that you and I, had, uh, I think we four go, went four, went six months, Pay, didn't we? Um, yep, yep. Um, there yep. was another time that we didn't get paid for six months, so there was two lots of financial pressure on on players, um, and that was probably on the back of that big recruiting campaign through the eighties. You know, yep. of getting all those uh, big players. We probably were more homebred, weren't we, Choco? So we probably were going to always stay there and very loyal to the club. But you know, those players moved on. I know we didn't have a lot of money during that period of time, and leading into eighty nine. 
we probably were going back to skeleton staffs. I, I can remember Choco with uh, even gym equipment and stuff. We couldn't afford to get gym equipment, could we? No, no. We still, that period of time? Yeah, the, the, the club was on really on you know bare bones, basically. Nick wasn't the same coach, I don't think. You know, he was obviously he was obviously tired. He obviously knew the situation the club was in. Uh, you know, nothing against Mick. Mick was a brilliant coach, and I, I I think he's the best coach that I've ever played with or worked with. I've sat down in high regard. I I hold him, but okay. but certainly he did he did change that year. How um how close did either of you come to leaving the club at eighty nine? Or I mean, even before that, I know there were there were offers for for both of you. Well, I had no thought. I had no thought of leaving the footy club at in 89. I guess the anxiety around at the end of the season was what was going to happen. You know, if the club did form this new club, were we going to be a part of it? But then once we got a sniff of the, that everything may be okay, we were full steam ahead behind the football club. Yeah. You know, and as, and as you know, Kevin, you were heavily involved in, in everything that happened at the time. I mean, it was, it was just a, you talk about a roller coaster of emotions. It was unbelievable. You know, I grew up barricades for the football club, so the last thing I wanted to see was was the club um, fold or merge with another with another football club because all of a sudden, you know, we as players also lose our identity of, of who we played for. I mean, you look back at that. That's an amazing part of history now that we were involved in. Choco and I probably got asked a few times whether we would move. Uh, I think North Melbourne were pretty keen and Richmond. For me to move, I think Choco had the same. But I think that was just normal sussing out that would happen uh, any year, um, you know, that you're coming out of contract. As far as um, the two of us, we were pretty, we've always thought that Bulldogs was going to be the place we were start and finish. So we didn't, didn't entertain them too much. We didn't even probably use them against uh, the contract that we were trying to get for the Bulldogs. We just sort of dismissed it and moved on. So that 89 was unbelievable what happened. But the enthusiasm, and you know, I've got a heap of admiration for Terry Wheeler. Probably how he got people to follow and to uh, get on board. I did enjoy the freshness of his coaching from probably the last few years of Mick, which was quite quite heavily defensive to being a little bit more positive. Naturally, I passed the the captaincy over to Doug, which um, I thought was probably the right move at that point of time. Uh, Peter Gordon come on board, a young lawyer that. Had, was full of beans. It was a pretty nice time during that next couple of years, wasn't it, Choco? Just around the club. It was very positive, very emotional and actually very enjoyable. Yeah, Wheels was totally, totally different to, to Mick in, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, Wheels was certainly, as a coach, he was, he was, he was ahead of the game, wasn't he, Wally, with his thinking and, and his processes and his setups, and which I found it really hard to adjust to um, because Mick, in particular, he just allowed me to go and play, so when wheels come in, you know, for me to be able to have to stick to a structure and play play to a structure, I found it really difficult. But in the end, you know, wheels, you know, proof was in the pudding with his with his coaching record. Um, that 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 his coaching was um, was certainly ahead of its time back then. He was a coach um, that made the most of some good players who made them very good players, which I, I admired. He really coached. The team that he had, quite right, Choco. He was very structured in in what expected each role and each position, very much like today's footy is played. Also, he Danny Delroy probably wouldn't have got an opportunity if it wasn't for Terry Wheeler. You know, Jason Watts, who you know played during that period of time as a forward pocket, may not have got the same opportunity. Uh, Peter Baxter, there was Darren Baxter, Simon Atkins, a lot of these players, Choco, we'd seen come through the club 
and probably come and go. But uh, with wheels, he, he has an ability to bring uh, what I'd say a good player on to be a very good player and not necessarily uh, the most talented player. I think there's no doubt, Wally, that, that was with, that's the way he coached with his structures and that sort of stuff. So I think those players, in particular that you mentioned, they had a role to play. You know, DB, Darren Baxter, you know, Darren just knew, you just knew Darren every week was, would just go and play on someone and shut them out. So that, that was his role, and he played it to a T. You know, Danny Delray, he was the key. He was the key up forward, wasn't he? Unless I led in front of him to get a spray from Will. <laughs> 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 yeah, I used to always work in the series. If he's not going to lead, well, I might as well lead and get him, get him first. But the message of Will would come after me, the runner would come after me and say, Choco, you're not the bloody full forward. Stop leading. <laughs> It was a pretty good time. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Brian, for you, it came to an end at, uh, I think it was the Essendon game in 1993, um, when you snapped your Achilles. Yeah, it did. It was, um, I had a pretty good career. Played a lot of footy. Really um, made some great, great friendships. Um, to finish on 199 games, I don't have any regrets from a football point of view with those sorts of things. Yeah. You know, it was just bad luck what happened. You know, my body, I was 31 years of age, Chevy, my my body was my body was wrecked. You know, I, I, I was a builder during the day and a professional footballer at night and on the weekends and, and my body just had enough and um and my my Achilles probably told me that when I um when I snapped it on that day at the M C D versus Essendon. So, um, you know, I got no um no qualms at all about the way I finished. Well, you went to the end of '96, and at the end of '96, which was another watershed year in the in the club in terms of off field stuff, but um, uh, you bowed out gracefully as well. I was probably a little bit more fortunate than Choco. I I called it uh, to retire probably a year before people may have thought I retired. Um, Terry Wallace was coaching at that point in time, and he would have liked me to stay on for '97. I had a uh, car dealerships and things, so I had a pretty good job to go to, uh, but. Choco, I do understand mentally when you get to around that 31 and you carry, I had a few injuries during, during the career, it was a pretty easy decision to say, I've had enough. Um, the other thing is I probably dislike when I watch players go on for another year or two when they've been such champion players, but then it's brought undone by a couple of average years when towards the end of their career. Post-football, um, have you both enjoyed the, the careers that you've gone, well, obviously, when it, as you said, into a very lucrative and successful business career. But, Chuck, you're, you're coaching? I never anticipated having the coaching career that I ended up having. I think it was nearly 20 years or yeah. 21 years if you count the, uh, the the two years of Learning Gather. I would never envisage that happening. But I guess the Learning Gather um, opportunity sort of not forced me, but probably allowed me to, to then go on and, and coach for another 19 years in the AFL. Um, um, but as I said, I never, I never anticipated that happening, but it just did. Um, and but I was fortunate. Um, I'm glad to be out of it though. I, I reckon I probably stayed in it for probably five, five years longer than I probably should have. But when you're in the system, it's, it's a bit of a cycle. It's a hard cycle to get out of. <laughs> when I retired, I coached kids all the way through. Um, coached at St Kevin's for a period of time at St Bernard, and um, yeah, we had a fair bit of success at St Kevin's and um, at St Bernard's. And, um, in the Metro teams as well. So I just enjoyed that. It was just a really nice outlet. Kev, Kev I reckon if you go back and have a look at Wally's coaching record, mm-hmm. it is amazing really the success that he has had and, 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 and not only the team success, but some of the individuals that he's coached and had massive influence that have gone on to bigger and greater things. People wouldn't realise the influence that he's had on, on a lot of teams and, and, and more importantly, individuals. Yeah. 
So from someone who was Barry, who's a kid barrack for the club and had uh, Georgie Bissett's number on the back of his uh, of his jumper, and another one who uh, made his sort of uh, football debut on the Western Oval as a member of the Lee and Gaffer Little League, you uh, you pretty much cut out nice careers at uh, at the Witten Western Oval in your time, didn't you? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's and that's the beauty now, um, Kevin. It's just looking back on 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 what we achieved, I guess, and um, to be you know to be still a part of the the Western Bulldogs and the Footscray Football Club community to this day. You know, Wally and I regularly go to games. Um, we often go to past player and, 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 and club functions. Great to, to still have that involvement. Uh, it's not a full-time commitment, but a real social commitment, which I really enjoy now. And I'm sure you do, Wally, as well. I think the period of time that we're at the Bulldogs, we learned to adapt and adjust and go through hardships. And, you know, like there were some great times and some hard times. But that probably held us in good stead for the rest of our lives. You know, like um, I've applied a lot of those um, things that I learned in the years of playing footy into business. And, you know, it's been you know, a great uh, part of what I, who I am being a team member and, um, but also developing people and, and actually making sure you, you know, you get something out of it. So, you know, like I, and Chucko, we always have been very grateful for the opportunity of the Bulldogs and, and, but also just, for what it's given us, you know, it's um, it's taught us a lot of very very good things uh, because it wasn't easy, Kev. Like at times, you know, we had to really dig in deep, and you know, cold winter nights in the middle of bloody July, um, training for footy wasn't that much fun. But we just kept doing it and kept doing it. And I think your character really got developed during those those years. Yeah, and I think Kev, I think Kevin, and, and I probably never spoke to Wally about this. Yeah, Wally and I, we, as you know, we were we were. We were inseparable as mates, um, as teammates, um, going through the Bulldogs years. And I've got no doubt, no doubt, I would never achieve the, the height that I achieved if it wasn't for Wally as well. You know, we oh, pushed we're each, both we, ways. We, yeah, that's why we pushed each other. You know, Wally and I, I've got no, we were, we were professionals before there was professional footballers. Yeah. You know, we would both rock up the phone. We'd be there at three o'clock in the afternoon. We'd be sticking 500 footies into our hands and, We'd be just doing stuff together that made us both become better players, and um, you know, I just don't know. I don't know whether the players do it these days, Wally, because they they're around each other all day. But you know, the work that, that we did and, and and what we did to get each other through, um, and as you said, Wally, some really tough times with the Bulldogs. Um, you know, I, I look back with those look, look back and have really fond memories about those times that that particularly you and I spent together, Wally. We really enjoyed playing. That helped. Um, like footy was, we could eat footies, couldn't we? Like every Friday night, we'd uh, have dinner together with our girls and um, talk about footy and play footy, and we were just fully involved in footy. And you're quite right, Chuck. It'd be quite interesting now that it is professional. You and I would have, it would have been, we would have been in our element just doing it in this day and age, wouldn't we? Like oh, absolutely, 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 was. Yeah, we. You know, with every, everything that we just had, to, we pushed each other. Whether it was whether it was um, on a time trial or any any type of running competition, or you know, we you know, you were always a better runner than me, but you challenged me all the time because I wanted to beat you. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that will never change between you two. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> well, he was never going to catch me, but uh, no, no, oh. I, 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 no, as in, I, but I, I tell you what. I called for many handballs off him. I reckon I gave him a lot more than he gave me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Spot on. 
spot on it. I don't have the stat but, on that, but I, but I reckon you'd be right. And and uh, <laughs> we've we painted you both out to be saints in this, you know, but there is a couple of little uh, incriminating bits of evidence. There's one one I wanted to bring up that I know has got, has got S. Wallace written all over it, and that's a lychee fight at a Chinese restaurant in 1985 after a big win at the G, I think it was. I did get a bit excited sometimes when we went out for dinner. Um, yeah, that was quite right. Um, and they, I just remember that it was in a it was in Chinatown, and they shut the doors and let us go for it. And uh, <laughs> we had administrators, and I'd always there was only one guy, and you pick him, Choco, without me even telling you. There's one guy I could stir up. I just had to throw one in, and it was on. Uh, <laughs> who, who was that? Rick, Rick Kennedy. Correct. <laughs> Because it, and then it was on, but um, we we got away with murder and some of those things, Kev. Like, and uh, you would have been at some of those nights with us. But uh, <laughs> we 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 had a lot of fun. We were probably not we didn't have social media and we didn't have um, people looking at what we were doing. We we used to close away just as a group, didn't we? Chuckle was more just our group. Yeah, yeah, it was um, yeah. Well, well, well that was that was a fair bit to do with Shane O'Sullivan too, wasn't it? Shane, Shane really brought us together as well. Geez, Kev, I thought you were going to. Bring up a, a a footy trip that Wally and I went on in Emuya that didn't really end that, didn't really end that well. So you mean the one where Wally you mean the one where Wally finished up in jail and uh, got a new nickname of Pappy on for a little while? <laughs> no, that wasn't me. I was I was led astray by Chucko. Um, no, it was four of us actually, but that wasn't <laughs> yeah, a great time of our life. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't the best twenty four hours. Anyway, put it that way. Yeah. Well, we had that footy trip, and then we went in '85. We went over to America and got kicked off the plane. So yeah. I had two footy trips before I was 20 that uh, ended in disaster. So <laughs> I didn't have too many after that. Fortunately, you both remembered as great players of the football club. Thank you so much for your time. It's been terrific to catch up and uh, and have a chat about uh, the 261 games you played, uh, while and the 199 games you played, Brian. Been a pleasure, boys. Thanks so much for your time. Take care. Thanks, Kev. Our pleasure, Kev. You're a great man. But thanks to uh, to Brian Royal and to Stephen Wallace, two uh, two fine uh, gentlemen uh, who I've had the pleasure of knowing for a lot of years now, and uh, and more more so had uh, not only the pleasure of knowing them, but the pleasure of watching them play, and really enjoyed watching the number twenty four and the number thirty three go around as they did in their heyday. They were just terrific and uh, great to see them around the club. In the past, players uh, an association uh, that uh, brings together all the uh, all the champions of the past, and uh, they're certainly uh, in there quite a bit. <laughs> so I look forward to hopefully seeing them uh, sometime during. Uh, 2020 and into the uh, into the more normal 2021 season. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Two Dogs podcast. More coming, and I'm sure you'll enjoy those too. Go the doggies. Cross the pond, eat the ball.